What was the thing we were going to talk about? Saying like too much. Oh, yeah. We say like too much. We do say like too much. Deal, like, deal with it. Especially, I don't remember what episode it was, but it was right after I started my antidepressant medication, and I was like very, I was like very tired. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) I'm in a semi-comatose state, and I can hear myself saying like too much and being like, I should stop doing that. (laughs) So I'm going to try and do better this time. Yeah, well, I I got faith in you, and I... I have faith in me too, but it's it's like a space filler. I just did it. It's a space filler when I'm formulating ideas in my head because I'm not necessarily someone who talks through ideas to formulate them. I'm someone who thinks of an idea and then says it. So using like gives me time to put words together in my brain. So we might have to Obama this and slow down our speech patterns and think about what we are saying. Uh, I think that's a very good idea. Uh. (laughs) Welcome to Content with Content. I am Brent, the MySpace romancer Sorgenfree, and with me as always is Oliver, the vulgar specialist books. Fucking right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't talk about my limp biscuit. Oh, yeah. No, I... To... To get derailed right off the gate. I was listening to, <laughs> to a lot of YouTube music, and my YouTube music is stuff I liked in high school and hillbilly music, because I'm weird. Nice. And That's I good listened combo. to the matches, and one of their songs has the lyric, I'm a MySpace romancer. And especially out of context nowadays, I find that to be one of the funniest lines ever written. <laughs> <laughs> Put you in my top ten, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because the dude who wrote that was in his 20s when he wrote that, and it it just makes me feel like he was a weirdo. Yeah, that's, like, creepy, because, like, when I think of MySpace, my MySpace experience was, like, an enormous amount of 13 to 15-year-old scene girls. Yeah. But I was also... I was... 13 to 15, I don't know. 15 to 20, and I saw this dude who was probably 25. He also has a song that... where. One of the lyrics is, say 18, like, as in he is... Oh, my. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's cringy. Yeah. I mean, emo music back in the day is really... <laughs> I was also listening to... We, we, fuck this. We need to get into the episode. <laughs> this is a podcast where we talk about different content creators and why we like them and we don't like... Or we don't like them. This week, we're talking about Crack.com... After Hours. Specifically, that playlist. Um, it was my pick. So, how I found out about them is I have no idea. There's a really long, convoluted backstory of I used to know a guy who used to go to the website and read articles, but I didn't ever do that. Somehow, I found it on YouTube, and I fell in love with it. And for probably from 2000, let's say, 14 till 2017, it was a as soon as After Hours videos, obsessive pop culture disorder videos, spit take videos come up, I am going to watch them. And then in 2017, they got bought by a different company, and they shut down their video department, and all of the people who worked in that par- department went other places. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that la- a little bit later. Um, sure. And they have just recently restarted. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. But I, <laughs> they had a Matrix episode on that's still on their feed. And it was actually a pretty decent episode with kind of 
like B squad players. I that's kind of mean to say, <laughs> but they're not as competent and well measured as they were before. But yeah. So this Matrix video, you're saying it's a cracked video or an after hours video? It's a cracked video because after hours no longer exists. Right, that's what I thought. Yeah. Cuz they they're similar to how you explain that one movie site that I don't ever remember. The Escapist. Yeah, where they are were an aggregate of different content. They had a website that had funny, oh, interesting that guy articles. with the glasses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and eventually they spun off into YouTube stuff and they had different series with different people. Mm-hmm. And some of their, st- I watched a video on YouTube about this after the, the shutdown thing. And they said that some of their videos would get 3 million views and some of them would get 200,000 views. And that's a pretty big disparity in your content. Right. But a lot of the stuff they made was pretty quality and you could tell if you were going to like it by the thumbnail. Sure. You watch one of this thing and it's all going to be the same. Yeah. Well, and gosh, that puts it in the time frame of, of really like branding the thumbnail, which I've always thought is interesting. Yeah. And I mean, a little bit done to death now, but like if you're good at it, you can tell that this person put time and effort into like essentially marketing their self through this tiny little rectangle. And yeah. like if that's. I'm already saying like too much. If, I've noticed that. Yeah. Ha! No, now I'm self-conscious. But if that's something that they're putting uh, that much effort into, just just that tiny little rectangle, um, th- it's clear that at least directionally they know what's happening with their content, and it's probably just, mm-hmm. you know, chances are that it's going to be decent content. Yeah, and I f- personally feel like the strongest content... After Hours is, I would say, their best product. They have other products that are similar, and what they do really well or did really well is deconstruction of pop culture. Sure. In a similar vein as CinemaSins or kind of Lindsay Ellis, too. Sure. But usually 10-ish minute videos. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what was your first impressions of it? Coming at this from the perspective of a 2020 content consumer and going into the backlog, my initial impression was, this sounds like a bunch of nerds arguing who would win in a fight, Goku or Superman. And it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, honestly. It's it's a little bit like going back and watching something like Citizen Kane, yeah. where, like... Yeah, it's it is the greatest movie ever, but it isn't. It also invented all of the clichés that are now cliché. Yeah. And I think I think that was my initial reaction is so I didn't necessarily fall in love with it because I felt like I had seen this conversation play out and almost every video was like that. Yeah. Um I also did have a little bit of a problem with them, their characters that they put forth. Not necessarily because, like, they were annoying or not. It wasn't, like, their fault, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did. I, I don't know, like, 
the the gal was pretty cool but like there was like the horny guy and that was his thing and like there's like the guy that's like kind of dumb and that's his thing yeah and then the guy who's just like i don't know socially awkward yeah yeah a white guy i don't know yeah (laughs) no i i get that and it's one of those weird things where they recently did uh they made a new episode of it for a thing and then i got really into it and rewatched all of the all of it again yeah. for the third or fourth sure. fifth time and it felt stale to me too um and i'm happy because you get to shit all over it now yay <laughs> um and yeah it is it, it it feels stale it feels a little old now and it i don't know if it's part of it's i've seen it before or p- part of it is everybody kind of did that for a while and now the people who are still doing it are doing it better. And I had the, a weird thing. Um, I might've said this before, but if you watch team America world police, and then right after that, watch the great Tick dictator with, um, Chaplin. Yeah. Those are the same movies made <laughs> 50 to 70 years apart. <laughs> like so funny. <laughs> I just said, like, I shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> But the idea of we're going to take this thing and we're going to satirize it and we're going to be offensive about it in certain ways that are similar between the two, it's it's very strange to see that done and be like, because you assume the first thing you saw do something well is the thing that did it. Mm-hmm. And the horny guy who is Michael Swaim <laughs> has said this about he likes to go back in film history and see the first thing. And he understands that it is not as good because he's seen the Simpsons and he's seen all of the stuff that has stolen Hitchcock and citizen Kane, but you get to see the idea. Like I texted you a week ago or a couple weeks ago now. And with the idea of memes are just fresh dad jokes. Like, (laughs) yes, yes. Once upon a time, dad jokes were funny to dads, but now they're hack and lame and old and everybody can see. And they're funny ironically. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Are memes going to become funny ironically? Oh no. Event. They, there's probably some that already are, but the idea of. Can has cheeseburger. <laughs> I don't understand that meme. Oh my God. Uh, I, uh, I'm so bad at internet. Uh, I'm the old internet. But yeah. Um, and I don't know. I fell in love with the characters. I really like the nerdy guy and the 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 jock guy. Mm-hmm. Who I don't know if you listen to it, but I sent you. They have a podcast together. One of them writes for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Okay. The other one writes for American Dad. And oh, I didn't get a chance to listen to that. But yes. Yeah. Um. And they're really cool dudes. And it's one yeah. of those things where. It's it's you don't understand how long ago 2014 was until you go watch videos from then. Oh my god, yeah. And as a 34-year-old dude in 2020 to look at some of that stuff, it's it's the realization you have when you you go back and rewatch Superbad and realize a major plot point of that movie is date rape. And as a kid, I didn't have a problem with it. But as an adult, I feel kind of weird about it. That is exactly my takeaway. Specific. Okay, so, so specifically, my only huge criticism of After Hours is the horny guy. 
Michael Swain, yeah. Yeah, he just, the horniness did not age well. Yeah. Or at least the way in which the horniness was presented didn't age well. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I, I think my experience with this was like, I started playing uh, the videos while I was playing Mario, okay. right? I just so I had them on the background. And so, like, I didn't get the full picture of of what was happening in the video. Um, and then I focused and I watched a bunch of them, like, full on. And I maybe it was because I had it on the background at first. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of a noise. And, like, I was trying to pay attention, but, like, I also wasn't. Because it, it's not like it's a visually... No, I... I'm a firm believer in, especially because some of this stuff feels like homework. You're gonna you're gonna put it on and see see if you get hooked. Because right. I've had a million people send me songs. They're like, "Hey, you should listen to this." Right. And I get ten seconds in, and I already know I'm gonna hate the song. Yeah. And it's the song's job to change my mind about that, and most of the time they don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the thing. I just. And I think another thing that rubbed me the wrong way was um, there was one episode that was about, like, good movie curses or movie curses that could be a good thing. Okay. And the entire episode was them talking about movie curses, like the one from The Grudge or the one from It Follows, which apparently you just get sexed to death, which that's fucked. Um, yeah. I, I'm recalling that episode. <laughs> and the horny guy, yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't Michael Swaim? Yes. Yeah, that guy. Uh, I promise you he's a good dude and makes quality <laughs> content. Well, and again, I, I, I think it is just a sign of its age. Yeah. Um, the internet in 2014 was very, very, very different, scary, and weirdly homophobic. Yeah. And uh, maybe even a little, like, rapey. Yeah, and it feels like it was like 2007 by the or, or 17 by the time we're like, hey, we're gonna calm down on the homophobia and racism, right? Like, start telling 13 year olds to shut the fuck up on Xbox Live. That sort of yeah approach, yeah. Um, and, and I mean, well, eight Kuhn and QAnon are still going strong, so yeah, <laughs> clearly we have work to do. And the guy almost still almost won with. But that's beside the point, and we don't want to get into it. Don't you know they call him Orange Papa? They they don't. No one calls him that. The showstopper. (laughs) I'm not good enough at rapping, but I feel like there's something about grabbing a pussy, but I can't figure out how to rhyme that with (laughs) Drapa. Anyway. Asterisk. Screams internally. Asterisk. (laughs) Yeah, so it aged poorly. Yeah, and I mean, really... And yeah, but the whole crux of that episode is finding like what a good, and I think they settled on like the sixth sense curse is arguably good, but then also that that it wasn't a curse. Okay. Yeah. And because like you you get money from ghosts or something and, and (laughs) I don't, they kind of just hand waved over it. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, this guy was like, well, I really needed content for an article and like, that was a pretty funny joke, mm-hmm. but also I just spent five minutes of you talking about literally nothing. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't appreciate that with my content. Yeah, and now that we're getting into this, I'm like, if we are going to talk about crack, we could have talked. There's one that's a similar format to the After Hours, but it's two people sitting in an office going back and forth, and it's you know it's a work because they're on. It's a changing cast of characters, but they're always on the same computers. They'll just go back and forth, and one person will give, essentially, write an essay, and the other person will come up with a rebuttal. Okay. But I can't remember what that that series is called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like. There's some visual gags in it that I think they do well. It, okay. The James Bond one is Michael Swaim shows up in a suit. And everybody's like, why are you wearing a suit? Goes, it's laundry day. Why would you wear your worst clothes on laundry day? <laughs> and throughout the episode, he takes off the suit jacket and the cuffs are stained. <laughs> where the, it's open in the front is stained. Everybody gets grossed out. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, the Oh, the one that I thought was really fun was... Um, the the math the one about math and the how that like ruins television shows oh okay. and then the the dumb guy was like trying like the the scene opens and he's trying to figure out how to tip the wait waitress and he's like having a hard time and then his compa the other people on the table are like oh don't worry about him he just tips in jewels and he pulls out a sack of like jewels he's like you yeah. like rubies and every time they ask him a math question he's like I don't know have some rubies like that's just funny yeah yeah um that's real life imitating art or art imitating real life because apparently that guy is actually really bad at math <laughs> which I have learned from his arguably better podcast quick question with soren and daniel okay has a speaking of good marketing their marketing is terrible and the guy who sits next to him is also on it but he is on twitter but off twitter like you can't follow him you can send him a request to be followed but he is no longer accepting them (laughs) (laughs) just pile up Uh, and he doesn't tweet a lot anyway but sure yeah weird and maybe that makes it cooler question mark i don't i don't know i am a fan of him he wrote a book called how to how to beat up every president (laughs) which is really weird if you're familiar with his content because right away it's him and he said hey i wrote this book and i'm really glad you bought the audiobook i'm not going to read the audiobook because i'm bad at reading audiobooks and then it proceeds to have a guy very similar to how he operates in after hours talk about presidents in a way where you can hear his cadence but it's not him so it's worse (laughs) i made it about halfway through the book which is relatively entertaining and enjoyable but i got frustrated to the point where i'm like you know what daniel if you're not gonna write or audiobook record your own book I'm not going to deal with this shit anymore. <laughs> and he also writes for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, which I am, again, becoming a fan of. I Of the late night uh, ultra lefty talk show people, I think he's my favorite. He's ultra left. I mean, he's... Not, not ultra left, certainly, but... I would say more fair and balanced. But yeah, I, I mean, again, I intake most of my content on YouTube and... 
I, I fell out of favor with him for a little while because it felt like he was just dunking on people that you didn't need to dunk on. Sure. And then I watched uh, some stuff about police and defunding them, and I said, wow, you made a lot of really good points and feel like you came to it with a well-rounded view, and there was some other stuff recently that I've watched that I've really liked. Yeah. Um, I don't currently watch American Dad, but it's a show. I, I feel like I remember it being pretty smart and good. It's, I mean, it's Family Guy, but different, right? Right, right. Better premise, because I'm not a huge sitcom guy. Yeah, and but, I like, again, I like Soren, and Michael is kind of the overlord of the Small Beans Network, which I have talked about a lot on here. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of... Interesting, oh, okay. Cracked 2.0. Sure. But better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> current. Um, well, and I think that is a valuable point. We kind of began to touch on it is, Cracked was, has, has been around since the internet was, yeah. like, becoming what it is. It's, it's on par with college humor, although I'm significantly less familiar with college humor i feel like i used to know a lot about college humor yeah and i haven't they have a television channel or something on my television this is like internet tv it's fine as i understand it um around 2016 facebook said we want everybody to come through here and as a result of that, the websites such as Cracked and College Humor lost a lot of their ad revenue, which was how they paid the bills. Oh, interesting. And so they weren't getting the traffic that they were used to, so budgets went down, and as a result of those places, I believe, had to close or oh. adapt how they were releasing content and essentially what Cracked did was kept the website going until a different company bought it and then mm-hmm. now they're pre- a guy came to him and said hey I write for you guys can I make videos and they said yeah and he made videos and then got a contract and they're not again they're, I feel like they're like the B squad of Cracked but also I got to grow up with the other Cracked and so I have nostalgia bias sure sure and there's 17 people that are associated with that site that are doing different things um and small beans isn't the only place that they broke off uh there's a guy who does a podcast called behind the bastards where they shit talk terrible people (laughs) um cool okay i can get behind it yeah i listened to a few episodes and then again it, it 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 felt a little bit like every episode was we're going to dunk on people that are shitty but way richer than me, and I don't need to deal with that. Fair enough. <laughs> and That's understandable. They Small Bean says that their sister channel is Gainfully Unemployed, which has two or three other people from Cracked. Okay. And they do relatively decent stuff and then a guy who left before everybody got fired jack o'brien does the daily zeitgeist which is a news info entertainment show podcast that gets released four times a week and then on friday they do a clip show the rest of the week and again it's serviceable it's not it's not as cracked as what he was doing before so i listened to it for a while and then fell out of it sure and i guess 
I feel like the strategy now is to transition to other things that are better. (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah. It's kind of interesting too, because we, I feel like every time we've dove kind of into the early tens Mm -hmm. internet stuff, it's, it's kind of bumpy, right? Like, unless it's like just a single person, like cracked is this big conglomerate. Yeah. Of you know content original content creators and this is like I it's so easy to take for granted now that the internet has uh, I don't want to say an identity but it kind of does at this point. Well, it, a weird way to think about it is you might have to go back a little bit farther than 2010, but if you think about 2007, let's yeah. say, think about the the variety of websites that you visited versus 2020 where it's it's most likely Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Google if you need to find some shit and that's kind of it. Right, and you're doing like deep dives if you're going to like random academic websites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like 90, 99% of my internet traffic is either through an app or googling something well yeah let me see what i mean because i'm one of those people i have a thousand tabs open right now let's see what they are okay we've got facebook twitter gmail two different gmails squarespace apple podcasts yeah that's uh that's the stick that's the stick and i mean i think that spotify there we go Yeah, but the internet has gotten bigger, but also smaller in the same way as TV used to be kind of like the Wild West. And I suppose the internet was like that for a while where people found a way that they could make money and people wanted to collect those into networks such as Cracked or College Humor or that guy with the glasses.com. Mm-hmm. And when the money got taken out of that or got reduced in that, essentially everybody broke off and started their own small business and said, we want to create this content. And that's when Patreon stepped in and people said, I am willing to, or you know, whatever 5% of the audience said, I am willing to step in and pay for this content because I appreciate it so much. Yeah. And to, that's been the content that I haven't paid patronized a whole bunch of stuff, uh-huh. but I did patronize, patronize small beans for about two years because they had an, <laughs> is the weirdest episode. It was a podcast about, Sega versus Nintendo and it was mm-hmm. two best friends. One of them was on the Sega side, one of them was on the Nintendo side. Yeah. And they had a intelligent breakdown conversation saying Nintendo makes better games that are more polished and better to play with and the other argument was Sega took big swings and yeah, they didn't always hit home runs. <laughs> but they were way cooler, man. Yeah. <laughs> and there was just there was something about the camaraderie and Sure. It was also my two favorite people on that network at the time. Sure. I was like, these guys deserve my money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't know. That that feels kind of like a big deal to be to say, hey, I'm going to give you $5 a month, even if I don't. Well, it's kind of, it, it's, it's not like investing in the stock market in the sense that you get returns, but it's kind of like that in the sense that you feel ownership a little bit. Yeah. You know, you get a 
it's not that it's not that you're telling these content creators what to do, but you're telling them that what they're doing is impactful to you. And I think that's a really it's kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah, and I I know a lot of people who transition to that where they allow people opportunity to engage in the content or the selection of the content that they're going to talk about specifically. Oh, right. Uh, Small Beans does a podcast that's called Frame Rate where they rate frames, a.k.a. Hey, we're going to talk about a movie. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a good title. It is a good title. There were smart dudes over there, it turns out. I and swear. And ladies. Yeah. Um, but they actually had to come on and say, hey, we're going to suspend this for a little bit because we are losing viewership because we're talking about two niche of topics. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. I hear about that. I think, was it the completionist was talking about that? How he he's kind of, he wanted to do some more like quirky indie games and complete some of these other things. But like, but he didn't Among Us episode mm-hmm. because Among Us was the biggest goddamn game ever for a hot minute it might still be i don't really know i don't keep up with it people are still playing it kind of i sent you that video of uh, aoc playing yeah yeah aoc was on twitch playing among us that's tight she she seemed like a six-year-old playing the game <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah and again that it's what content are you creating because in a weird roundabout Northern Lion is a guy who I have, again, no idea who I found. We might do an episode on him one day, but he is kind of the indie game dude. Okay. He, he is one of the people who is thanked at the end of Spelunky. I sent you the clip of Grand Poop. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Uh, if, oh, this is going to be like way old news by the time this one comes out, but there's a a video of my first successful run in Spelunky 2 by Grand Pooh Bear, and if you fast forward to about 40 minutes, it's when he beats the game for the first time and... and realizes spoiler alert spoiler alert go watch the video if you're gonna watch it mm-hmm. he realizes he's in the credits and it's like this Ugh. he yeah. gets emotional about it and i got emotional watching him get emotional about it right northern lion is another guy who got thanked in the credits because he has through his content creation has given a platform for certain indie developers right to show their games so you i mean you kind of got to decide if you want to be Northern Lion and be really, really loved for your indie games. Right. And probably cut out a portion of your audience, or if you want to be Peebs and do Zelda, Mario, right, Among Us, Last of Us, if you're going to do that kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think he did Five Nights at Freddy's recently. Cause it was- oh my God, that feels like a hundred years ago that that game was a thing yeah <laughs> and he, he's kind of like a, a game hipster in the sense that he's like i didn't really want to play this game yeah but you all told me to play this game but yeah and but i mean looking at someone like the completionist who works directly with nintendo and like yeah. he's met like shigeru miyamoto and, and like reggie fizeme and who's no longer working for nintendo of america which is weird and sad but um yeah i think at, so, quick sidebar: I went to video game design school for all of two semesters. Uh, high five. Uh, sarcastic high five. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely. So, uh, sidebar on the sidebar: high five is a congratulations for 
not doing what you're supposed to be doing low five is you actually did what you're supposed yeah, to successful do. C- good job congratulations high five is like yeah you fucked up <laughs> um so yeah uh, i high-fived out of video game design school <laughs> and um but i i met a whole bunch of people that worked on a whole bunch of uh indie games and cool cool people and i the amount of like passion that they had for for their craft because like i went there because i thought video games were fun and i didn't know how hard it was going to be yeah um yeah it turns out it's a very competitive very cutthroat industry so like these like fortunately like things like uh online distribution is really helpful for all these uh indie developers and it's really awesome to see the youtubers who are kind of they're kind of indie developers for content right like you know yeah. you've got the big big leagues like what marvel movies yeah you know and then let below that is like tv you know like the cw superhero shtick is kind of like mm-hmm. the next one down and then below that is i guess i don't know youtube creation creators and content creators and the people that we're talking about but that on the ground level that communal level makes it i don't know there's partnership in that and to see that is a really beautiful thing yeah it's essentially what an influencer is is a freelancing marketing arm of something that cannot afford a marketing arm and yeah it it is that and it isn't that and i listen to some people talk about if you're getting stuff for free how can you really maintain an objective opinion about that stuff and is it was on the player one podcast where they were talking about they got a game i don't even remember what beats it it isn't beat saber a dude got a game it took him 45 minutes to beat it was a full price game he has played the the game at least once a year since it came out it came out at least 10 years ago sure should the fact that it's a f- the price of the game affect his review should it because he didn't have to pay for it and and the ethics that go into that oh sure they were talking about it specifically because it's new console week except for it was new console week a month and a half ago when this came out <laughs> <laughs> but they were talking about you know people doing unboxings and and all of the stuff that swirls around xbox versus playstation mm-hmm. and the people who are getting that and you know $500 for me or you might be different than $500 for a listener or somebody else and you know how do you justify yeah. all that stuff yeah and I also am a sucker for their ad campaigns because I have bought in several <laughs> indie video games that I saw played that I'm I thought I would like and it turns out I am bad at video games so I did not <laughs> <laughs> yeah I yeah I, I think my most recent indie game was probably I don't know I bought Outlast fairly recently I feel like that's an older ish older ish yeah. Yeah. yeah I got it on my Switch it's uh, I, or also old but the Amnesia collection I, I think that might also be kind of indie developed it sounds like you like spooky games I like I do I love horror games that's kind of my shtick I am not I don't know that I've ever played one that I, I, I... Resident Evil 2, if that counts. I think so. Yeah. But, I don't know. I was more concerned with shooting stuff in the face. Sure. And it See, turns out that you're not supposed to do that all the time in that game. Yeah, that's what I like about these spooky games is, like, Outlast and Amnesia, they don't give you a gun. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, a walking simulator. Yeah, yeah. Just like walking open drawers and doors mm. and drawers and doors. That's a weird thing to say. Uh, and run away from stuff. It's great. Yeah. And because I don't know, I I I like horror because it takes me to a place that is more awful than the current reality that we're living in with the pandemic and the incredibly divisive election and the anti-maskers and the QAnon people and the fucking everything. Yeah. But, like, it's still better than being chased by a giant mutant uh, insane person who, uh, if he catches up with you, will rip your throat out. Yeah. I, you know, I was as you said that, I was just thinking of once upon a time, somebody told me that um, people who like spicy food and people who engage in bondage and sadomasochism are linked in the same way because both of those activities release endorphins into your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would really, really, really like to watch a 20 to 40 minute YouTube video breaking down why people like scary games versus don't like scary games. Sure. Like a Ted talk essentially, <laughs> but by like a qualified person who I could trust. Right. Right. That, that feels like that would be really interesting. Cause I don't know. Psychologists take note. No, but that, that's one of those things where horror does not affect me in that way. It's not, a, I, I like good horror movies, mm-hmm. but I don't like jump scares. I like, like the horror, the horror movies that I do like are 28 days later, house of a thousand corpses. I remember the descent not being terrible, but I haven't watched it since I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. And it's not one of those things that I'm going to actively go out and do mm-hmm. because I, I don't appreciate the feeling of anxiety that I get with that. Sure. But I assume there's probably like a release that comes along with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, so I recently watched uh haunting of Hill house and uh, I was watching it with my girlfriend and I just remember like, stop showing off. <laughs> Yeah, I have a girl who I think is pretty dang cool in my life. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, I'm just going to keep rubbing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I watched it, and I just remember there's like a scene. There's a really, there's a few really great moments in that show that like build dread and so it's it's you know it's a nine hour yeah. long series and it's given the opportunity to build dread throughout that entire time and we binged adjacent it mm-hmm. um and there was like one of the ghosts and it was just this perfect moment where like i could feel my hands getting clammy and i could feel my heart pounding faster and faster mm-hmm. and they set it up in a way where I knew he would come out the other side, but how it affected him in 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 the future because it's kind of like a present and past going okay. back and forth kind of a deal. Um, how it would affect him and the trauma that it would bring was yet to unfold, but you could see it happening and just that looming sense of dread was really intense, really intense. And then the scene ended, mm-hmm. and. It, it's it's kind of like for me it's kind of like getting uh, one of those massages that's super like pressure 
a deep tissue deep tissue massage thank you and the release that comes afterwards is is i don't want to say cathartic but well it is yeah it's, i mean that's probably why those stories have existed right and i just don't I probably don't have that same reaction. My little sister is very into ghost TV shows. Like like the ghost hunters? Yeah. Yeah. I hate or, that shit, but I think it's so fun. <laughs> she, you, I, she used to, and I, I hope that she was laughing at them. <laughs> but I don't know for sure, and I never really asked her because I... I, I tend not to ask questions of people that I respect and care about that would <laughs> negatively affect their opinion, my opinion of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it just, it doesn't do nothing for me really. Sure. But I, I get that, that feeling of suspense. I'm a more, I'm more interested in a thriller than a jump scare type of a thing. Sure. I like a healthy mix of both, to be honest. Cause yeah. I think, I think jump scares keep me in that like ready ready for the pressure to be pushed on mm-hmm. um yeah i think yeah my favorite horror movie is a fairly recent one called hereditary we're not even a little bit close to talking about cracked in heaven but for some time no and i re- kind of realize that this is really more an advertisement for small beans than anything else <laughs> if i was gonna say so because again like i i feel the the more interesting part of the conversation it, we were talking about ad stuff and and how stuff devolved uh small beans i think it's a frame rate episode where they talk about judge dread and they in the 90s um 80s and 90s studios were flush with cash and that's why we got terminator 2 and all of those mid-sized action movies that the budget wasn't going to be 300 million or 100 million or whatever it was sure it was going to be a moderately priced budget, but you were going to still get to see shit blow up, and that isn't really a thing anymore. Sure, sure. The the difference between low and high budget has seemed to... Yeah, and they said it was a part affected by the 2008 financial collapse, and mm. movie. that's when everything turned into sequels, and reimaginings because that's what people are going to have shown that they're going to spend their money on. Let's just hope Disney stops making those live action ones. We talked about that last week. And <laughs> oh yeah, we did. <laughs> Lindsay Ellis does a very good job of shitting all over those. <laughs> but that was the thing where D- Disney is the big dog in town and they can do whatever they want. Right. And But they're the Nintendo where... They're going to keep making Mario games and Donkey Kong games and Luigi's Mansion games and yeah. going to do the 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 Disney thing right for right. the most part. And everybody else has got safe bets on. And then when something apparently the Judge Dredd movie was really good. It's either that or Blade Runner. One of those two is the reimagining of. Yeah. OK. But it's like weird and crazy and, and smart and intelligent, according to the crack yeah. people who are or like Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. Yeah. Um, but people need to support that, and and people say we want more things like this, but th- they don't support it. Mm-hmm. So do they really want it? You know. Sure. Sure. Like like the new Godzilla movies. Apparently, they're really great. Like everyone says, they're really great, and I haven't seen them. Yeah, and <laughs> and to ape crack style. 
this is a thought I've had for a long time, but Avatar for a long time was the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. Ergo, does that mean that it is the best movie of all time? And I don't know anybody who would say that it's it's probably even top 10. <laughs> it's very visually impressive, but the movie is really humdrum. Hot boring. garbage. I, I wanted to fuck that blue cat back at whenever that movie came out. <laughs> I just... I, I remember watching that movie and being so angry the entire time. Yeah, it's... <laughs> the first time when I was sober. It's Dances with Wolves, but with blue cats in space. Right, right. And uh, Giovanni Ribisi, who I like. Uh, that's fair, that's fair. And, like, I'm a, I, I kind of like James Cameron most of the time as a director. Yeah, yeah, except for he's just doing Avatar stuff from now on, I guess. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> If How can, does that feel like, to me? Like that feels like he said, "I'm taking my ball and I'm going home." He's James Cameron, <laughs> so he can kind of do whatever he wants. Yeah, like he made the best Terminator movie. I'm pretty sure, yeah, and the best Alien movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like. I'm kind of done with you, so whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think to kind of put a little bow on it is. I really respect what Cracked brought to the 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 content creator world. I really think that where we're at now, mm-hmm. Cracked has a lot. To, Cracked and college humor have a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um. Because I remember those those days of like early internet, and I I think I always knew about Cracked, but I wasn't. I th- that was not the road that I took into it. Yeah. Um. I did watch a lot of college humor videos mm. and all you know the dancing hamster newgrounds, the cartoon, the flash cartoons and stuff because I had dial up and those would load up faster. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I think the bottom line is like most of my content, most of my entertainment period comes from content creators who. Th- were sitting around a table with their friends going who could win in a fight Goku or Superman you know what I mean it's most of what I appreciate in today's entertainment culture it's it's again it's like watching Citizen Kane I can point to every cliche that crack does that I'm like oh that's irritating and be like and and point specifically to something that I've watched in the last couple of years that is directly tied to it yeah um, yeah, and I mean, I think we are very similar in that way where there, there's a portion of the content that I watch that I would consider kind of trash, like the Among Us videos sure. are not intellectually engaging. And the Grand Pooh Bear stuff, occasionally a nugget of wisdom will fall out of him, but it hasn't happened to me for a really long time. And mm-hmm. then there's stuff where it's people who are smarter than me talking about stuff that I didn't think... In a way, I didn't think about. Yes, yeah. it's, it's to reference my new shirt that I really like, except for the words on it. <laughs> it's to turn everything on its head and say, "What if we looked at it this way?" And I, I really appreciate that. I feel like that, although the content may not have aged very well, it is one of those things. This is the place that was a very early introduction for me of saying, 
what if the Joker is the good guy? Like, to me, that is a way more compelling Batman story is if the Joker is the good guy and the millionaire is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because that kind of reflects my life a little bit more. <laughs> um, have you blown up any hospitals lately? I haven't. And <laughs> <sighs> Heath Ledger and Walking Phoenix are the only Jokers I respect. And that's also... Not even Cesar Romero? Cesar Romero, but for, he's... He's... Him and Jack Nicholson are in a different box. Like, I know I'm not supposed to shit on them, but but those are the two Jokers. The Dark Knight Joker specifically is the one where I'm like, hey, the Joker can be cool. And then I went back and watched the Tim Burton Batmans and... I have a long-standing beef with Tim Burton. We're gonna we're gonna throw down one day, but not today. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, that's gonna be a fun one because I can't stand that asshole. Yeah, but besides <laughs> that, it's if you go from Heath Ledger to you, you can't old Lewis Black joke in the the police car videos. You can't go from the guy driving the tank to a guy who stole a panel truck. One of them is a clearly more interesting and engaging. Mm. It's the guy in the tank and that's Heath Ledger as the Joker. Sure. And although Jack Nicholson, all the praise and blah, 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 it's old and shitty and I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> and like Cesar Romero, I liked when I was a kid watching the sixties Batman, which yeah. is goofiest objectively dog shit if you're adult watching it it's real bad stuff it's 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 the camp all of the camp all at the same yeah yeah and and i mean i've shouted them out a bunch but small beans does cracked for a modern day in a way better way and with it's long form stuff it's podcasts that are almost always at least an hour long okay and, and breaking down stuff and having smart engaging interesting guests who are a rotating cast so you're not always getting the same person mm-hmm. but the core group of people is there and i really 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 like them there's also um gainfully unemployed which i don't follow as closely because all of their good sh- shit is behind their patreon paywall and ah. i got frustrated about that and then the other people i mentioned earlier sure but that's i guess my yeah Risa, it's okay we're almost done my dog i feel so bad yeah <laughs> i think that there is so much happening in the content sphere that reflects kind of like cracks lineage mm-hmm. um a few of my uh current ones that i have watched uh the first one that springs to mind honestly is wisecrack yeah like wisecrack is just cracked yeah it's cracked with a different set of characters yeah and the one guy i don't like (laughs) (laughs) again we're not naming names yeah just 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 be aware um (laughs) him and tim burton are going down (laughs) going down uh and uh, normal boots uh i don't they haven't released anything in in quite some time but their roundtable discussions we talked about during the Mm -hmm. peanut butter gamer episode quite a bit um that's kind of like a tournament style what's best 90s cartoon what's best gamecube game etc yeah i just thought of um the honest trailer people yeah uh, they do those and they have like a breakdown thing yeah there's like three or four of them that yeah and they also do like the the competition based fictional argument thing <laughs> But I haven't watched one of those videos in a long time. 
Yeah, and just kind of unpacking pop culture stuff. Uh, Movie Bob does the big picture, which occasionally veers into those territories. Mm -hmm. Um, Every movie reviewer I've ever seen, I feel like, fits in there somewhere. Stone Gremlin production. Yeah, exactly. Like, all all of that whole that guy with the glasses lineage. Again, I don't necessarily love to point to that guy with the glasses because there's some problematic stuff there but yeah. like the the creators that spawned out of that um yeah just just good stuff really yeah so if we have any listeners you can contact <laughs> us on twitter and give us other suggestions for content that's like this that we could possibly look at because that would probably be a good idea our twitter is c with c podcast yeah twitter.com backslash c with c podcast you can also find us on facebook.com backslash content with content pod you can email us at content with content at gmail.com or you can go to our website at content with content pod.com and contact us through the forms on there yeah i really like that we're doing this now it, it it's like i'm so so available for you guys and nobody wants to fucking talk to <laughs> please talk to me i want to be popular please engage with our content <laughs> <laughs> um so do you want to do the setup for next week yeah yeah so next week um i was kind of thinking that we'd just say n- fuck it we're doing brows held high next week brows held high that's the anime stuff that's not- no no this is the art house guy who okay. is very into shakespeare um okay and i don't know how you're gonna feel about it but it's also it's kind of that perfect for me it's that perfect marriage between someone who is uh smarter than me unpacking things in ways that i barely understand but also a movie reviewer doing pop culture things okay and hopefully uh yeah. I am specifically going to try and find something that's not dude centric, that has a little bit of diversity in it that isn't like movie and video game related for my next one. Fair enough. Which is going to be fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little tricky. So next week, we're going to do Beyond the Bot slash Get in the Robot. Get in the Robot. Yeah. So Get in the Robot was an, a YouTube channel that got shut down, I want to say, last year. Okay. And then they just resurfaced as Beyond the Bot, and their content is so fucking good, in my opinion. It's anime, but it's not anime... It's not super, like, weeboo-centric, right? It's people that enjoy watching anime. There's recommendations. There's just tons of videos. Um, There's a guy named Curtis, and he watches real dirty stuff and cringes really hard at it, and it's so funny. Uh... Real dirty stuff. I have a hard. T- I have a hard time with the cringe stuff, but we'll yeah. see how that goes. It's mostly reaction, not a ton of cringe that you'll have to endure. But I think that's episode. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you for tuning in to Content with Content. You can find us online at contentwithcontentpod.com, twitter.com. We're at C with C podcast facebook bash slash content with content although i'm never there because fuck facebook and if you want to shoot us an email we're content with content pod at gmail.com 
We release new episodes every Wednesday. They're hosted on our website, contentwithcontentpod.com, and you can find them on Spotify and Apple Music. And until next time, we'll see you in the comment section. Oh, P.S. We're filming, or we're podcasting on uh, the 10th of uh, November, and and we're both just pretty content or relieved right now. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to say any like details of why we're relieved uh, as of last Saturday morning, uh, but uh, it is, it's it's feeling pretty good, and I'm probably going to be bitching about it in February, but. All of the podcasts I have listened to in the la- that are current, like, yeah, have some that are backlogged, but all of the ones that have come out since this weekend, everybody has started out with, hey, we're not going to say why, but everybody here is very relieved. <laughs> <laughs> and some people had some other things to say about other things, but some of that was also youtube stuff about politics oh sure yeah yeah uh (laughs) i just really like that uh the image of giuliani being like all the media in front of uh a four seasons landscaping shithole and there's a crematorium and a dildo store next to him and i just i just it's so it's just fitting it like it makes me think of like like the 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 bottom of one of those drug movies, you know. The the low point. The low point. When Johnny Depp gets busted in blow. Ex- exactly. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So are we ready? I think so.